When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome along to Summer Mornings with the start of a brand new sporting week. Julian King with you. It is, of course, the week before Christmas. I do hope everything is in order. You've got your prezies locked and loaded and you are, importantly, sharpening those backyard cricket skills in readiness for the big day. Then you sleeve it off and then you pluck yourself on the couch, if you're not in Melbourne, of course, and strap yourself in for the Boxing Day test. It really is the best time of the year, is it not? Tops of 29 in Sydney today, partly cloudy. My open line number, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. free call. And the text line, I think it's been tidied up since the technical glitches that we had on Friday, 0457... 736-736. Bryce McGain is going to join us to discuss the Perth test. I wonder how Bryce would have landed them on that pitch. I thought it was a pretty good pitch, actually. We'll also catch with Nathan McAndrew from the City Thunder. Isn't he having a year? It is prime, Nathan, now that he's, what, about 30 years of age. The Big Bash will resume. and The Thunder travel to Adelaide to take on the Strikers tomorrow. They should have won against the Heat in Canberra, and they can ill afford to start 0-2. So we'll speak to Nathan McAndrew. We'll also catch up with Alex Brosk, as we do every week on the program, to talk about all things football. Man United scrapped to a beautiful nil-nil draw against Liverpool. There's a time where you wouldn't accept that. Now it's like, beautiful, I'll take it. It's like an early Christmas present. Maestro on the tools, 2am Tommy with us as always. Going to have fun on the program over the course of the next three hours. But to Perth Stadium, and I have to say, this venue in a short time is becoming a real fortress for the Australians. So you would have read it, seen it, heard it by now. Comprehensive win in the end by Australia over Pakistan. 360 runs. And they did it in four days. Some notable performances all round. Mitch Marsh was player of the match. Should have been Warner, I thought. But the day belonged to the Goats. Nathan Lyon, who claimed his 500th test wicket. And he comes. Ashraf hit on the pad. An appeal. An appeal. The umpire looks. He says no. Lyon pleading on his knee. Pleading. They are again going upstairs. Drama around Nathan Lyons' potential 500 test wickets. Has he got 500 test wickets? He does! So I recommend to reverse. 12 and a half years after his first test wicket of Kumar Sangakara, Nathan Lyon joins Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath as Australian test cricketers with 500 test wickets. Wonderful moment for him, Nathan Lyon. He then followed it up with 501 in the same over. A phenomenal achievement for a very likeable and very down-to-earth cricketer. He took a wicket with his first ball in Test cricket, which actually is not a sign that you're going to go on to a big career. <laughs> we can go through that list later. I think Keith Miller second on that list with 170 poles. So first ball in his Test match career against Sri Lanka. It's a boy from Young, via Canberra, then Adelaide. Part of that ground staff, considered a, a T20 specialist at stages. Uh, to reach this milestone, I don't think would have been in anyone's imagination. Yet here we are. Here we are. And thoroughly deserved. And he's not done yet. He's not done yet. The man is virtually indestructible. Quite remarkable stamina for Nathan Lyon. It's such a vital cog in this bowling quartet. Uh, how they missed him in Manchester 
early this year. He bowls big overs. He bowls tight overs. Our own Darren Chuck Berry knew early on that this kid was different. Not just another flat offie. A man who can get over the top, get over the top, can rip it and dip it. And has developed over the years, Nathan Lyon, this ability, this ability to know what speed to bowl on what pitches in order to extract the most out of the surface. Very intelligent cricketer, a man very much in tune with his own craft. And now he joins Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath as the only men to have reached the 500 mark. And he's not done yet. He's not done yet. The man is virtually indestructible. Quite remarkable stamina for Nathan Lyon. It's such a vital cog in this bowling quartet. How they missed him in Manchester early this year. He bowls big overs. He bowls tight overs. Our own Darren Chuck Berry knew early on that this kid was different. Not just another flat offie. A man who can get over the top, get over the top, can rip it and dip it. And has developed over the years, Nathan Lyon, this ability, this ability to know what speed to bowl on what pitches in order to extract the most out of the surface. Very intelligent cricketer, a man very much in tune with his own craft. And now he joins Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath as the only men to have reached the 500 mark. And Pat Cummins, I mean, you know, for those that, we might talk about this today, unheralded or unsung heroes in sport. Certainly not to Pat Cummins. And the captain said afterwards, it's no secret that he's the most important cog in our bowling lineup. And he's right, because most games he's bowling 30 overs a day. The incredible resilience. Put him down at one end, not going to go for many. Take a few wickets. Quick bowlers can rest and rotate. So he started this test on 496 wickets. I think on Friday the bowl prediction was uh, he will get four and claim his 500. Well, I was one off. I was one off. Australia's leading wicket taker in the first innings, as we mentioned, three for 66. And then coming into that second dig, just needed the one more. It was a case of where everyone's on goat watch. Everyone is on goat watch. When will he claim his 500? Then we thought it could take some time because the quicks were dominating early. Only needed the one to become the eighth player in test history hit the 500 mark. Just a shame though, on a couple of fronts, it was a tad anticlimactic after up by Richard Illingworth gave the LB not out as you heard there. And apparently, I think Nathan Lyon said Cummins didn't want to review it. Just as well he did. Just as well he did. And they couldn't even muster 10,000. I've heard all excuses written and said about the Perth crowd. Oh, record at Optus Stadium. That's great. What, just under 60,000 across the four days. But on a day where there was a great chance Australia were going to win the test match. And that Nathan Lyon was most likely going to take his 500 test wicket. You couldn't even get 10,000 to Optus Stadium. Don't sugarcoat it. The crowds are poor. The crowds are poor. If they can show up for a West Coast Eagles match, if they can show up for a Perth Scorchers match, they can show up for Australia. I would have thought. As for Pakistan, look, they showed glimpses as they inevitably do. The problem is for the tourists, they just can't put it together for more than half a session. That was their 15th consecutive loss on Australian soil. You may have heard in your news bulletins, you know, they, they believe that they got the talent to challenge the Australians, and they probably do. Their batting looks a little skinny, though. But the two debutant quicks, as Jamal and Shazad, clearly have ability. Clearly. And the batters, particularly in their first dig, showed some resilience. They were going very, very slowly, but the Aussie bowlers are just too good. First innings in particular, they just beat the bat time and time again, Hazelwood in particular. And he just felt that eventually the edges would come, particularly on that deteriorating wicket, and that's what happened. And what happened, they got scheduled for 89 in their second innings. So Cummins declared the Aussies' second innings closed at 5 for 233, so the target, I think, was 450 to win. 
Uzi was gunning for the 100, got out for 90 playing his shots. Mitch Marsh chimed in as well, 63 not. You know, 450 target was always going to be plenty. Marnus's finger, by the way, seems to be okay, which is good news. Smithy got one early. The LB that some would call unlucky. Does he ever look happy? I mean, not that about as ever happy, happy when they get out, but shaking his head like it was the worst decision in history. And ball tracking showed it would have just clipped the bow. Oh, it's unlucky. Is what it is. It's Jeff Lemon, a cricket writer, tweeted. One half of the podcast featuring our own Adam Collins, find a word. He says, well, you know, if a bowler, if he gets bowled and it just nicks the top of the off bail or the leg bail, he says, oh, look at that, precision bowling. But on decision review, if it's an LB just nicking the top, they call it unlucky. What's the difference? It was out. It was close, but it was out. It wasn't unlucky. And Steve Smith's getting out LBW more in recent times than he ever has in his career. As for the big bison, showed why he's Australia's number six, should not be made into an opener. Just so powerful. Such a prolific puller of the cricket ball. And that's the other thing. Why didn't they show up for the bison show? Down the ground, square of the wicket. And this is the thing. He got ahead at five. And then Mitch Marsh at six. He got two players who can really, really accelerate and take the game away from you. You don't want to be messing with that. You do not want to be messing with that. So the Aussies going to Melbourne 1-0, as most expected. This is a, a seriously good cricket side. And perhaps still underappreciated. But a very, very good cricket side. Anyway, it was Nathan Lyons Day. Let's hear from the man of the moment who spoke to our SEN call team after the win. It's almost like you're a rock star at the moment. How does that? How do you cope with that? Nah, definitely not a rock star. Uh, just uh, someone that bowls off breaks. That's all right, the way I look at it. You always said, Nathan, about your own bowling. You just want to bowl your best ball over and over again. I can't think of any bowler who's done it more often than you have. Uh, to get to 500, what does that mean to you? I'm pretty proud. I'm beyond proud. Um, obviously, I've got my family here, some of the family here, my brother and uncle come over, and obviously, got my wife and wife's family. So, it's pretty special to, to be able to tick, tick off 500 wickets in front of those guys. But um, I know to come back from a calf injury and, and do all my rehab and have had this at the front of my mind of how big a milestone it potentially is, and um, to be able to come out and do it in the first test, it's pretty special. When you get to these milestones, is when you start reflecting on your own journey, right, Nathan? Um, just coming from where you are, your background, and to do what you've done. Uh, I mean, does, does, do you think about it, and th- does that sink in every time you do this? I try not to think about it too much at the moment. I think it's going to be more when I get call stumps um, that I'll sit down and have a beer and think where, where I got to, but uh, that's a long way away, so I don't need to worry about that. I've got a lot more. Nathan Lyon, as I said, very likeable cricketer. And I remember Steve O'Keefe, our colleague here and former teammate of Nathan's, who said, think about Nathan, he's the sort of guy that would just would have a beer with anyone. That's the type of bloke he is. 500 test wickets. Just let that sink in. 500 test wickets. We can go through some of the stats a bit later. Pretty interesting article to one of the nine papers today by Andrew Wu and Dan Bredig. I hadn't given much thought to this, but they're probably bang on. It took 134 years for Courtney Walsh, the great West Indian quick, to become the first player to reach that 500-wicket milestone. Five years later, in 06, he had Shane Warne, Murali, McGrath and Kumble for company. But then T20 didn't exist back then, right? In the past 17 years, only England pair James Anderson and Stuart Broad have been inducted into the 500 club until now. And what Lyon, Anderson and Broad all have in common, apart from, of course, all the Ashes, Yarns and, and whatnot, is their focus on the red ball stuff over the white ball stuff. 
And you think about England and Australia, that, those are two nations where test cricket is still held in the highest esteem, still cherished. But, you know, future generations are going to grow up honing their skills, knowing the considerable riches on offer in all these global T20 leagues cropping up over the planet. And that's the thing about test cricket lovers. It's not going to be in the financial interests of future players to play, not, not to play, but to play long enough to get to 500 poles. And that's the thing. I mean, 500 weeks, you've got to play well over 100 tests. How many players in this new economy are going to be playing 100 test matches anymore? Honestly. And I see Cummins has backed him to play beyond his 40th birthday and joined Warney by taking 700 test wickets. So he's 36 now, line. I mean, that is, that is still looking far down the road. He said, oh, I'll be taking things wicket by wicket. But Pat Cummins said, well, mate, you've got another four or five years at least. Ten games a year, 40, 50 matches, four or five years, ten a year, average, what, four a game, 700. Can you imagine? That would be something. That would be something. I mean, the thing about it is, as I said, 130 possible test matches, he's missed seven. He is indestructible. When did his car fight, grey fears, but he's come back with a bang. 0457 736 736, the text line number. Good morning to our friends on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Our Queensland listeners on SENQ going to be with us for the entire three hours today. Good morning to our colleagues north of the Tweed, SENQ 693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast and across the globe via the SEN app. Look, this was the big rugby league story from the weekend, and the Tigers are never, ever far away from the news, are they? Nice reporting too from, from Michael Chambers. It, funnily enough, I was at my computer and I just saw this pop up in my socials about Jerome Luai set to sign that monster five-year deal worth more than $6 million with the West Tigers. You've got to go hard if you want them. That is the market reality. So Luai told his staff and teammates that he will not be at the club beyond next season and he's set to join the Joint Venture Club from 2025. Apparently a very emotional post-training session on Saturday. So they had Penrith, just to recap, had offered Luai a three-year, $2.5 million deal for a mate at the club until 2027. But he said, you know what? Nope, got to test my value on the open market after 107 games with the Panthers, including three grand finals. Now, under the NRL's new rules, so Luai can declare only his intention to sign with the Tigers. So that gives Penrith a 10-day cooling off period to come up with a bigger offer to try and keep him. I think further to that, they have it too, so they can look into the detail and see what component of third-party payments and, and the rest. So as we said, Luai also retains the right to pull out of the deal with the Tigers during that period. So it's going to be a pretty interesting week and a half, isn't it? If, you, if you're a Tigers fan and you're worried that somehow you've got to botch it, that maybe the dogs will swoop in late and land him or stay at Penrith, I've got to say, that that did cross my mind. And I'm not a Tigers fan. I'm not a Tigers fan. Because the Bulldogs had a big offer at the table, about five and a half mil over five years as well. Do you just get that feeling in relation to the Luai story that there's more to play out here? Obviously, Penrith can't compete with that money, but what Penrith can sell is success. The thing about it is, if he ends up at the Tigers, Jerome, and it appears he will, he'll be their marquee man. Good luck to him. And for those who are saying it's way too much, well, as I said, that is the reality of the rugby league market. So bottom feeders, back-to-back spooners, they have to go big, they have to go hard, they have to pay overs, as some like to say, to lure these big fish. 
And what are the incentives? No short-term likelihood of premiership success, premiership success, but a chance to, to own the team, to run your team, to step away from Cleary's shadow, to play under your childhood hero, Benji Marshall, to help, help rebuild a club, or as Shane Richardson prefers to say, build again. Doesn't like rebuild. Not sure what the difference is, tomato, tomato. Tigers fans should be rejoicing. I want to hear from Tigers fans on the program today. I want to hear from Panthers fans on the program today. Are you happy that you've signed Luai? Let's let's assume that he will end up there. Are you happy? Do you think you paid too much? Or it is what it is? And Panthers fans, scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about losing Jer- Jerome Luai, who is one of your favourite sons, very popular player? He's a proven winner. A proven winner. High-quality representative footballer. And you factor in the young half, Sullivan, you know, Fainu coming through. Oh, things are looking up. Things are looking up. And now Luai's seemingly off the market. It's been written that Tom Dearden is potentially the next million-dollar man. And obviously age is Tom Dearden's biggest asset, being only 22. But I've got to say, it is a very, very good time to be a prominent half in rugby league at the moment because your value is skyrocketing. 0457-736-736. Uh, just on rugby league still, the Dragons, we know, reportedly offered Adam Fenua Blake a $4.5 million contract over four years. Shane Flanagan is hoping to have an answer from him by Christmas. He said, we're hoping to have a decision before Christmas. Had a fair bit of dialogue the last couple of days. Asked what it would mean to land the man. Rated in the top three props in the game. He said, it'd be enormous. In more ways than one, Flano. Could be the start of the turnaround. Some elite representative plays, in my opinion, one of the best in the game. On he goes. But, but, and this is critical for Saints fans, me included, he said it could end up keeping 33-year-old Ben Hunt at the club until the end of his career. That's the start of the process we want to take to get some quality plays. But there you go. If he gets signed, maybe Ben Hunt sticks around. Maybe. That would be ideal. Just very quickly, before we get to our first break, Harrison Endicott, been on a bit of PGA Q School watch. He was a gun young amateur a few years back. Uh, he wants to regain his PGA Tour card, so they're in Q School at the moment. Unfortunately for Harrison Endicott, he's had to put that all on hold. Bad weather has forced the final round of qualifying school in Florida to be postponed. Unfortunately, he had a two-shot lead entering the last 18 in the final stage of qualifying school. He had a 5-under-65. He's a good goal for this kid. That's at Sawgrass. So we'll wait and see, but fingers crossed. He's got, I think, conditional additional card at the moment from memory on the PGA Tour. 0457 As said, as I mentioned, we'll catch up with Alex Brosk later on about these scenes in the Premier League. Luton captain Tom Lockyer collapsed the second time this year after suffering cardiac arrest. He's stable now. It's uh, pretty scary stuff. Pretty scary stuff. And just away from Australia v Pakistan, Harry Brook, the bloke that couldn't get a run for England in the World Cup, 31 of 7 balls. To chase down a total over 200 against a win to West Indies. 31 of 7 balls. 0457 736 736. So it's all about the GOAT, Nathan Lyon, today. And I want to talk about unsung heroes, underappreciated sports stars. Because Nathan was out for so long, obviously having lived in Warren's shadow. And do you remember this time where Michael Clark had flirted with the idea of calling Warney out of retirement? Don't think Nine was too happy about it. But in all honesty, who thought that when Nathan Lyon got picked, he would be a 500-test wicket-taker? And he'll get to 600, provided he stays fit, and there's no reason to think he won't. Unsung heroes. I mean, you heard what Pat Cummins had to say. He's the most important cog in our machine. Not unsung or unheralded to those in the inner sanctum. 
But even when he went down injured with, oh, okay, we'll, we'll pick Todd Murphy over in the Ashes, I don't think even then people fully appreciated his importance, his role on the side. So let's talk about that on the show today. 0457 736 736. Unsung heroes in sport. Now, 2AM Tommy, we know, is a mad Chookies fan. I reckon he'd straight away say, oh, Mitch Orbis. Unsung, unheralded, underappreciated. I remember when Damien Martin retired, Ricky Ponick said, I don't think people appreciate how good he was. The ones that just work on the background, but you, when they disappear, you think far out. We really miss that player. 0457 736 736. In Brisbane today, maximum 32. Shower or two. And at the Gold Coast, shower two as well. Maximum of 29. Up and running for the start of a brand new week. Sporting week, this Monday morning on summer mornings. Julian King in for Matt White. Oh, Christmas is around the corner. Might even play some Chrissy tunes this week, eh? What do you reckon, Tommy? one 300 The open line number are breaking back with more summer mornings.